Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. My name is Mark Winship, and this week we're celebrating our 50th episode of the podcast. Myself, Caroline Clayden, and James D'Souza get together to talk about what we've enjoyed about hosting the podcast so far and what we've learned from all of the amazing people we've had the good fortune to chat to over the past few months. We share our observations on the skills and qualities successful investors seem to have in common, including a strong vision and purpose, a willingness to learn and seek help, and a strategic way of thinking. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. Morning, James. Morning, Caroline. How are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, welcome to this landmark episode. There 50, 50, half century, 50 episodes and not out. Not out. Where's, <laughs> where has the time gone? It's crazy. I feel 50, I feel 50 that's for sure. <laughs> well, it's, um, I, I thought it would be a good idea to jump on, really, uh, and, um, and have a chat with you guys about what we've learned from the 50 amazing people that we've, we've spoken to in, in the last few weeks and months. And um, and we have been. I, I certainly feel privileged uh, to have spoken to some fantastic people, some some really uh, inspirational investors. Um, yeah. And for anyone who listens regularly to the podcast, you'll know that we we've we've taken a slightly different different tack on the podcast to a lot of other podcasts because you know for us it's not been about getting the latest celebrity billing or you know kind of big names. It's been about ordinary people doing extraordinary things, yeah. and in a sense, it's kind of like turned into quite a fun social experiment because we've been able to sort of like see what the common, you know, qualities are, that, that the consistent threads that run through everybody that we've we've had the opportunity to talk to. So yeah. I thought it'd be a good opportunity just to jump on really and have a chat about that and sort of share some of our, the things we've enjoyed, the things we've learned from all the people that we've, we've spoken to. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's fantastic because not only are we helping other people who are starting out in the journey, listening to this. And, you know, we've had, I've had loads of messages from, uh, from people saying, oh, love the podcast, love the podcast, but we're also getting something from actually hosting it and doing it. Absolutely. And hopefully our, yeah. our guests are getting something from actually being on the podcast as well. I know I've, I've had some of the guys I've uh, interviewed on the podcast say, oh, it's been great. I've had loads of people getting in touch off the back of it as well. So it's kind of just like a win, win, win situation. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so what have you guys enjoyed then? What have you guys kind of um, learnt, enjoyed from, from the people we've spoken to? And what have you seen as some of the common traits that have, that have run through all of the episodes that we've, uh, that we've aired so far? I love the rawness of it. You know, people are willing to really be quite candid and honest about yeah. challenges and, you know, the fact that they've maybe not started off with you know, loads of money to get going at it. They've had real um emotional mental yeah. <laughs> challenges to overcome to get started and, and people are willing to share that and uh i don't know if that's just because it's audio and they're not on camera necessarily um but i've i've loved hearing maybe parts of their stories that i wasn't really aware of um before interviewing them um and yeah, I just love the fact that you you are just speaking to really ordinary people, people that, that are really relatable, but are are getting fantastic results. And you know, it's not it's not been easy for them. I think that's mm. common thread from every episode is that it's not easy. Um, but if someone else has done it before you, then they can model them and learn from them and just put put it to action to actually get similar results as well. But that rawness, the candor yeah. of 
for sharing the, the the real challenges and maybe the stuff that people don't see on yeah. maybe social media or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say it's not always it's not the kind of like the glitz that social media always portrays. It, it is that the kind of as you say the realness, the rawness, the the kind of the warts and all. Yeah. Um, but it, yes, it's hard work as you say there. But everyone is proud of what they've achieved, and at the end of the day, they all say it, it's worth that hard work. Yeah. yeah, it's worth that effort. Yeah. Nobody's going. I've, I've not interviewed anyone who said oh, it's been really hard work and kind of wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. the only thing is, none of them are stopping. No, yeah. none of them are like, so I've achieved this, 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 and now that's me finished. You know, yeah. everyone is continuing. Everyone is carrying on. So it can't be that hard. It can't be that yeah. challenging that they're like, I'm out of this game. It's too much. Um, so that's you know that should be really encouraging to people who are listening, thinking, mm. I don't know if this is really for me. Um, the people who are in it and, and doing it well and getting success helps drive them to continue and move forward. Yeah, that's one of the things I've noticed, actually, is that running through as a consistent thread is the fact that most of the people we speak to, in fact, all of the people I think we've spoken to so far on the podcast have such a strong vision. They have a real strong purpose for why they're doing this. Um, and that really comes across, you know, there's there's some people that will talk very openly about what it is that's that's driving them. And, you know, quite often it's twofold. It's it, it's that push pull nature of things. So it might be something um, that is, you know, their their belief, their aspirations to what life could be like for them and their family and a legacy that they're trying to build um, for their loved ones. But it also might be something that they're moving away from. Um, you know, whether that's something that's happened to them previously, it might be an injury, it might be a, a, an illness or, or, yeah. or debt that they've struggled with. Yeah, absolutely. So stuff that they've had in their past or just an area of their life that they're not satisfied with and they've made the conscious decision to make a change and they're taking action based on that. So I think, you know, that's what's really come across to me is that is the strength of purpose, the strength of, of vision. Um yeah. As, have you guys seen a similar thing? Yeah, it's definitely that pain-pleasure battle, isn't it? Yeah. If they're in a position of pain, they recognize that that is not something that they want to, to get comfortable with, that they're going to move away from, and therefore they have to take other actions if their back's up against a wall. We see this all the time, James, don't we, when we're training on, people? On our, on our yeah. three days, yeah. yeah so they're, they're either in a position of pain that they're desperate to change, or they have a very clear goal that they're absolutely determined to achieve and those two emotions are very very strong if someone's kind of cruising along a little bit um financially okay would like more but not actually you know in that pain position or have a strong desire they, they carry on cruising they just carry on doing the same thing and, and nothing ever changes for them we see that all the time don't we James what what I've also found as well is that the people that are in that pain position they get started and they kind of get themselves out of that pain position they're not the ones that give up either because they're like this works I can then achieve those things that I never thought were possible and, and have that legacy have that nice home nicer car whatever it might be but yeah. they're kind of out of that tough situation but they keep going and it kind of comes back to that first point where nobody gives up because they kind of, it's just yeah. what's on the next step. What's the next rung of the ladder for them. Yeah. yeah. 
And they are so persistent. You talk about never giving up. That, that's another thing I've noticed. Just the, We talk about consistency in terms of habits, but it's also the persistency, you know, the, the ability to have a thick skin and be bulletproof and not be knocked off the rails too easily by, you know, the, the reality is we all, we all sort of have knockbacks along the way and sometimes aspects of the property market are more challenging and yeah. sometimes they're not. And, you know, the, their ability to just single-mindedly stay fixed on the vision, keep taking that consistent action and not be, not, not be derailed too easily. Yeah. Especially right now, it's, it's tough out there, you know, no one, you know, we're not going to tell you that it's super easy to go out there and you just walk into an estate agent and, 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 you know, you pick up five or six, you know, really great deals off the, off the bat. It's not going to happen like that. So the fact that, you know, you need to have that never give up mentality is never been more sort of pertinent than today as well in, in kind of 20, 2021. Yeah. yeah, it is challenging out there. But it's, it's interesting that, you know, you had um, Josh on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to mention Josh. <laughs> you know, six deals, seven deals, you know, in the hottest market ever. And then if that's all they've ever known and ever experienced, then you kind of think, well, that's a great place to start, right? Yeah. We'll find it walk in the park in the, in the future, hopefully. Yeah. Exactly, because, you know, when we started, it was the recession and everyone's like, you're crazy, you shouldn't be buying now. And I remember thinking, okay, so I know how to manage buying property in a recession. I've never experienced a boom. I'm going to have to learn how to, you know, cope with a boom situation. Um, and here and here we are. And actually, you you do cope. You just adjust your strategy. You 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 kind of pull on skills that you used in other areas, and you know you can really um, transfer your skills regardless of what the the market's doing. And yeah, for the guys that are starting out now, fantastic because it can only get yeah. better, right? Yeah, and it's better. quite it's quite a skill, isn't it? That they they're able to they're willing to learn. That they're willing to, um, uh, you know, learn from people who are where they want to be, yeah. but at the same time, keep their blinkers on and not be influenced by the negativity. And, you know, there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of talk and skepticism around at the moment about, um, you know, how difficult it is to get deals in the current market and just that ability to take. So Josh is a great example of that, just almost not allowing that that sort of negativity to infiltrate stick to the stick to the process be consistent and still churning out results Pro proving yourself right as well it's, it's not as much as you know proving proving the other people wrong it's about saying look i, I mm. knew i could do this and i am doing it yeah yeah, yeah. and, that's, and, and the you know, that's motivator for a lot of people i think it's the kind of knowing that this is something they want and just sort of being that stubborn mindedness to go i'm not going to stop until i've achieved it yeah the thing is, when you're in a network of people that are doing it, it's quite difficult to argue that it doesn't work, right? Yeah. So it's like that social proof. It's like, well, if he can do it and she's doing it and they're doing it, then why can't I? So, and people just think, right, head down. I know that, that people are doing it and it does work. It's just a case of me applying this. Mm -hmm. And the people who you know, maybe moan and complain, it's too hard, or I don't have an investment, you know, it doesn't work in my investment area, or whatever it is, they will not be doing the actions that someone who's getting this success is, there will be chinks in their armor, there'll be things that they just are not doing, and maybe following up, they're maybe not, you know, going direct to vendor, or whatever it is, they don't have the marketing plan, um, there will be things that they're not doing, and then 
that's when the wheels start to come off. And then that little voice in the back of your head starts to creep in and go, oh, maybe it's just not going to work for me. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm the problem, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. when doubts start to creep in. But when you're around people that are living it, breathing it, doing it all the time, it's very difficult for you to then allow that little voice to yeah. talk you out of it because you've got all the evidence staring you right in the face. It gives you that courage in your convictions, doesn't it? Because I come back to that thing about not being easily derailed because it might be that, you know, they've had somebody's had one chat with a with a letting agent who's or uh, sorry, a sales agent who's told them that, um, you know, they've got that they've got investors just banging the door down at the moment and there's no deals. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. And, you know, properties that are distressed are going for the same price as properties that are done up. And they've allowed that to, to sort of demoralize them and, and knock them off course, as opposed to sort of take that on the chin. But but as you said, Caroline, based on the courage of your convictions and the evidence, the social proof of being part of that network, they know that the deals are out there. It's just a question of doubling down on that action to find them. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, something I learned quite early on is that the most dangerous place um, to find yourself is in Facebook forums, <laughs> Facebook yeah. groups, right? Yeah. Facebook property groups. Now, I know the Property Wealth System, we have a community, um, but there are a lot of people in there that aren't doing property investing correctly, and they will be sharing their opinions, their views with people who, you know, are just a name, uh, on a social media platform and so opinions start flying around and they're not always the correct opinion or viewpoint uh, and this is where it all gets very ugly right you've yeah. seen people giving poor advice bad. yeah bad advice poor advice bad opinions you know maybe they've had a bad experience so they love to share that with everybody yeah there's there's a couple of facebook groups that that i'm in and i just watch and i just think oh my word get the popcorn start you know yeah. <laughs> it's chaotic right um out there and, and everyone has an opinion everyone has an opinion about property so it's 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 getting into the right network i think is probably the point i'm trying to make and, and having having the knowledge yourself of of being able to then pick apart you know what's what's true what's just pure fiction what is the reality of today's situation what is pe what's somebody telling you from you know 5 10 15 years ago that's that's really come across, hasn't it? The 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 willingness, the you know, most of the people we've spoken to, it's been an absolute no brainer for those guys that they would invest in their own education, and they're doing that ongoing, you know, and that's been a massive part of their their journey. 
Um, and, you know, I think that's come through as a, as a consistent consistent yeah. thing throughout is nobody yeah. nobody is having these results by accident. No, you know that there is there is there is deliberate action. There's a foundation of getting educated, learning your craft, having a mentor. You know yeah. all this side of things is and and you know people that we've spoken to are are, are happy to to um, you know put that out there and happy to yeah. to to share that. And I think that's really really important aspect of it. Yeah, and 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 being proud of it because yeah. it, it feels you know. Property education is a bit of a dirty word. People are quite happy to bash it and say, oh, you know, you don't need it. And then they're the ones on the forums going, I've got a nightmare tenant. Let's <laughs> just trash the property and this and that. You know, and it, the pattern is so obvious. Because um, yeah, you and you'll get you'll get people saying, "Well, you don't need property education. You can just learn from your own mistakes as you go along." And oh, yeah. that logic has Who, never really learned from your own. Mistakes? Well, exactly, and and also, you know, why why would I not, you know, tap into somebody else's experience and someone else's well trodden path um, yeah. if that means that I can actually shortcut my own learning curve. And, and skip some of those mistakes. You know, what, I'm, go I'm going to get to where I want to be quicker, surely. Yeah. And the irony is the biggest fear that James and I deal with when we're training is the fear of losing money. Yeah. So yeah. Like, if you're scared of losing money in a property deal, then you have to know what you're doing in order to avoid losing money in a property deal, right? And it's yeah. even worse for those that are starting out with limited funds where they're having to raise yeah. money for their very first deal because then, you know, you can't just afford to go and start losing other people's money because how do you plan on paying them back? Yeah. 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 yeah and that's where the whole tug of war with the brain comes in. That voice starts to speak to them. Um, and, you know, if the fear uh, wins, then, then they do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they literally do nothing. So the other thing I've noticed is that um, the investors that we've spoken to are strategic in their thinking. Mm -hmm. So like I said, this, this hasn't happened by accident. They're not just stumbling across these deals and, you know, one minute they're doing a buy to let and then they're doing, a you know, an HMO and now they're doing this. You know, they're quite strategic. So they've got a very clear idea of their vision wow. and they, they understand their strategy that is going to get them there and they stick to it. You yeah, know, they're not just bouncing around and jumping around. So it's been great to speak to so many people and see all, all the variety of strategies that are out there. And I'm loving the creativity and I'm loving the problem solving and resourcefulness. And, you know, I've certainly come away from some of the episodes thinking, oh, I need to look into that. That's quite an interesting yeah. area to get into. So there are a lot of strategies. But within each episode, if you like, that person is single mindedly going after their strategy. And, you know, they're they're not bouncing around like a kid in a sweet shop, all these other areas that they could get into, yeah. you know, they might have a plan for other strategies further down the line, but they're very strategic. They've got a plan as to where they're going. Yeah. Well, this is because they're trained, right. To start with the end in mind and not to get distracted yeah. with that whole shiny penny thing. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a, there's something over there and there's, you know, they're, they're very clear on what they're capable of doing. Then they focus on, getting that absolutely right and now they're ready to move on into a, another area but you're right everyone finds their niche yeah their little niche and then they might think okay now it's time to diversify i've maybe maximized that strategy in that location maybe i can either move that strategy to a new location or maybe now i'm ready to evolve i think we get um and everyone we've spoken to will get bored carrying on doing the same thing over and over again right so we have to 
keep evolving and pushing ourselves. Mark, we talked about this, you know, could you do that deal? Oh, I never thought that I would, but now I am. And, you know, it's just constantly proving to yourself that that comfort zone can be stretched and stretched and stretched no matter how successful other people see you. You always have that ability within you to say, actually, I could probably do a little bit more. I could probably do better in this. It's yeah. also about having the kind of the wherewithal to not saturate your own market as well. And again, that comes from the kind of the, the foresight and the, the realization of speaking to other people that have done it before and getting that advice that, you know, don't just keep buying HMOs when you're kind of you're the market leader in that particular area. You kind of you've got a lot already and, and you know, yeah. don't try and don't get too over greedy to the point where you're now going to have empty rooms because you've done too much of the same thing in one particular area. Yeah. And it's about diversifying your portfolio as well, isn't it? And your strategy. So, you know, you need to be focused and you need to have a sort of a strategy route map, if you like, as to how you're going to achieve financial security for yourself and your family and that side of things. But at the same time, it's about, um, you know, making sure that you've got different strings to your bow, I guess. Um, you know, so that you, you're protected because, you know, regulations come into different areas of the industry and, you know, different you know, different parts of the property get hot when others are on a bit of a slump. So it's just sort of spreading your risk that way as well, I guess. But but it but it is even that is strategic. It's yeah. not about just bouncing around because someone's told you that this is quite a good strategy. You know, it's it's being clear on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. And I do think that, again, it comes back to that network and podcasts like this, where you hear people going into a niche area and you think, oh, yeah, that just, yeah, that resonates with me. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Um, And then, you know, you you have the skill set to then go off and implement that or research it or, you know, see if you can model that somewhere. Um, whereas if you haven't got that skill set, then it's it's just pie in the sky, isn't it? Oh, that guy's doing that. Good for him. You know, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, because it is tempting to and I, I, I sometimes fall into this trap. It It's tempting to collect strategies and you just want to have a go at something, you know. And I, I remember listening to um, Jerry Alexander's um, uh, interview that I think you did, Caroline, and the, the commercial property side of things. And I've always sort of like had half an eye and I guess I've in a sense done a couple of commercial to resi conversions. Um, But this idea of commercial as commercial and I kind of, you know, it got me thinking, I want to try my hand at that. That sounds pretty cool, but you've got to then fit that in and you think it's not the right time at the moment, but that's something that potentially I can look into further down the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause commercial is a different ball game altogether. And I'm, I'm finding that at the moment, looking at uh, commercial stuff that's the the agents are are different you know I did a viewing and they didn't even follow up with me they just sent me a text how did it go I'm like whoa okay (laughs) not as hungry to please the customer nah just like yeah you're either gonna buy or you're not whatever yeah (laughs) different ballgame so coming back to mindset again, because that does tend to be, there are so many strategies, there are so many ways that you can be successful in property, but what seems to run consistent is people's approach to it and their, their mindset. And I've talked about this a few times now in, in some of the, the, the more recent episodes and this complete refusal to make excuses for yourself is, mm. is just so consistent with everybody. It's, it's, you know, I, I, as, as people know, I come from a sporting background and um, I always used to be fascinated. Everyone else would watch the, the tennis on TV, for example, 
and they would once the match had finished and it got to the post-match interviews, they they turn it off or they turn it down. That's when I'd turn it up. I'm really interested, even then, to listen to what those guys have to say in the heat of the moment. They've just come off the court. You know, yeah. what are they attributing? Uh, attributing? Can't talk. What are they attributing their their success and their failure to in the moment and stuff like that? And you know, I, I noticed even then that the top champions they just refused to even have excuses given to them. So you would get you would get interviewers in the press corps saying, well, yeah, but it was tough for you today because of this, or do you think that this was a factor? And they just wouldn't have it. They'd always yeah. say, no, absolutely, you know, they'd credit their opponent. No, my, my opponent played really well, um, yeah. but um, but I need to look, I need to go back, speak to my team. I've got to get back on the practice court, work on this, that and the other. And yeah. I found that through these interviews as well, just people refuse to make excuses that would be so readily available because let's face it, the common factors in all of this have not been that everyone we've interviewed has got loads and loads of money. They've not been that everyone lives somewhere where they've got hundreds of deals on their doorstep. That has not been consistent. If anything, it's been the opposite. So it's about their refusal to accept those things as excuses and go, you know, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to make a success of this and I will not allow those things to sort of stand in my way. And everyone's been very humble about that. But the reality is there's been that stubborn streak, that absolute refusal to make an excuse for themselves. And we've, you know, I've, I've always been a bit, well, not always. When I, when I was sort of 10 years ago starting out and the kind of the mindset uh, word came out, I was like, oh, this, this is all seems nonsense. This seems harsh. And then, <laughs> you know, about six months into actually being a property investor, you're like, actually, maybe they had something with that mindset. You know, maybe maybe it is important. And then, you know, kind of a year into it, you start recognising that, that mindset is, you know, 80, 85% of property investing. Yeah. If you haven't got that positive mindset, if you haven't got that belief, if you haven't got the the determination, you're not going anywhere. I mean, I, I think I get exactly what you're talking about with that whole mumbo jumbo mindset thing. You can't just wake up every morning and go, deals. Will it happen? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and just like chant, <laughs> chant affirmations to yourself and think, right, now it's going to happen. You know, there's a little more to the mindset yeah. than just that. Um, but it is such a broad topic that anyone starting out, they're like, mindset, yeah, I've got a can-do attitude. Okay, that's enough. But and actually, it's great when you're starting out before you've actually done something, how are you going to react when you get your first setback? Yeah. yeah. That's where the positive mindset really kicks in because, look, I know, you know there are people out there who get that first setback and they kind of give up and go, property's not for me. But yeah. then, you know, you're not going to be on, you're not going to, we're not going to have interviewed you for a podcast because, you know, we're not going to talk to somebody who's just sort of given up and failed at the very first hurdle and, you know, gone back to the day job. It's about how do you react when you hit that and, and what comes next? Yeah, I think it's, it's the mindset is creating the fertile ground, isn't it? It's a bit like tending your garden. You know, you create the fertile soil. That doesn't mean immediately that loads of lovely stuff is going to spring up. You've still got to dig the soil. You've got to go and plant the seeds. You've got to nurture it, water it, take yeah. all the consistent action and, and tend it, you know, but if your if your ground is not fertile in the first place, yeah. then you're going to struggle to have that. Then that's what the mindset is for me: yeah. is that fertile ground to build upon. It's yeah. part of the formula. It's an essential part of the formula. And it goes full circle, right? Someone is more likely to give up at their first uh, setback if their purpose, their reason for doing it, isn't strong, right? Yeah. So actually, is it their purpose that outweighs the mindset? Or is it the mindset that creates the purpose, the yeah. drive? I mean, that's they, you, you need both of them, right? Yeah. Because 
if someone has a weak mindset but they have a really strong purpose does that work you tend not to find that right no just thinking out loud here mm. going yeah. off but you tend not to have someone that's like oh I'm not sure if I'm going to get mortgages or, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get up to my investment area very often, but I really want to achieve this because of X, Y, Z. Those two kind of don't authentically go hand in hand. I think yeah. you need, you need both together, which then drives you to take the actions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's and the, it's, it's the belief, it's the belief and the confidence, isn't it? That, you know, you ask anybody, they'll be able to tell you, the fact that you know in 10 years time they they they'd love to imagine themselves sat on a beach somewhere and having a lovely holiday or something like that but actually having the the belief and the confidence that you know how you're going to get there you yeah. know your route and what that's going to be that's 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 the difference isn't it it's, it's turning a dream into into a plan but what about the flip side of that coin then so we've talked about being blinkered we've talked about being in a sense, stubborn in, in a positive way and, and resolute, if you like. But what about, I know, Caroline, you, you talk about this a lot. What about the willingness to ask for help? Yeah. You know, well, this that, is a good one, right? Because people, I, well, I think we're trained as humans in the British society to, to not ask for help. Like that's some kind of weakness. I don't know if that's a British stiff, stiff upper lip, you know, keep mm. camp, carry on attitude. Or if it, is it the fact that we've gone through schooling trained and taught to not get things wrong yeah so if you feel like you might get something wrong don't ask for help because again getting something wrong is bad um yeah i it's a really tricky one because we you just have to be well put your ego aside i think is the big one right if you can put your ego aside and say oh well i don't know the answer to this but i know this guy over here does so i'm gonna ask him and most people are really willing to to share and help yeah. because yeah. you're showing that you've got the right attitude and the mindset and you're the drive and the focus. I, I would happily spend time helping somebody if I, if I see those traits in them, I'm not happy to help someone and give them my time. If I think they're just a time waster, who's going to do nothing with it. Right. With yeah. the, the information. Um, but that willingness to ask for help and having the right people around you to ask it is going to be quite fundamental in in your success and and, and help and help you move yeah. for, move forward. But again, it's not a natural thing for people, I don't think. No, and a lot of people got into this into this process and started their property journey, feeling they probably had to put a bit of a veneer on mm. about you know um, you know knowing what they were doing, you know not being prepared to sort of like they didn't want to to own up to mistakes and that kind of thing because it may be that they had family members that were a bit skeptical about what they were doing and they wanted to show that that they were being successful or they were starting to work with investors and they didn't want to show that actually sometimes a project doesn't always go 100% to plan and curveballs get thrown at you and you have to adapt to it and and I think that comes back full circle again to what you were saying about being part of the right community so that you do have a safe space because the reality is there will be there will be areas where you know having that veneer of confidence is important for your business. And, you know, if you're talking to investors and, and that side of thing, that's, that's important that you're, that you're, um, you know, you come across as, as that, you know, what you're talking about and, and you've got a track record to back it up, yeah. but having a community that you can go to a safe space where you can share those wins and losses and, and sort of like 
have that moment of, oh God, I've messed up here, you know, and, and actually reach out and say, what, what do I do with this? And, you know, or admitting that you don't know something and saying, you know, cause sometimes you feel, uh, you know, even that I feel like that all the time, you know, and I've been doing this for a while now and things come up and you think, I really should know this. I'm quite, I'm quite embarrassed about having to put this out that I don't know the answer to this question. Um, but can somebody help me with it? Because, you know, that, that's the reality, isn't it? You can't know everything. Yeah. And I don't think anyone judges the fact yeah. that you don't know it, right. right? Well, maybe it's because we put so much pressure on ourselves. Um, because you have that drive, that purpose, the mindset that you think, okay, you know, maybe yeah. I shouldn't demonstrate that I don't know this. I don't know. But I think, you know, putting that, that ego aside and saying, who cares? Like, just ask. Yeah. Ask, yeah. ask, ask. And that's, you know, people people have said when they start, maybe started out investing without kind of using that help and support, they found it lonely and struggled yeah. with confidence and things like this. But then as soon as they started to use some of those resources available to them, they were like, okay, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm feeling more confident. I feel like I'm knowing what I'm doing. I'm feeling I'm part of a network now. And this is actually taking away that kind of that loneliness that, that I didn't like when I was starting out as well. Yeah. I mean, the people who are starting out during the pandemic, they they have had a disadvantage in that there are no networking events. There's no physical contact with someone face to face, but every and everything's been virtual. So if you've thrived and and started your investing during the pandemic, then you're really going to flourish when the world starts opening up and there's networking events and you can actually bounce off people. In a physical <laughs> and actually meet people. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's probably a nice, positive, hopeful message for us to uh, to, to finish on. And uh, I, I'm sure you guys are the same. I can't wait for the next 50 episodes and to um, to speak to some more fantastic people and um, learn about their. I, I'm learning something from every episode that you just take a little nugget here and a little nugget there, and it doesn't matter whether someone is using the same strategy as you or has more or less experience. You can always take something away that applies to your to your own experience, your own journey. So. Thank you for your time, guys, as always. It's been great to speak to you. Great you to too, Mark. You. Thank you. And take care. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Speak to you soon, guys. I can't quite believe that we've already recorded 50 episodes of This Property Life. I really hope that you found some value in what we've been putting out there. If you have, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to the podcast. Not only will this let us know that we're on the right track, but it will also make it easier for other people to discover the podcast. If you want to join the conversation, why not head over and join us in the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook. This is a safe space to come and network with other property investors, share best practice and get support on your own property journey. Thank you for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.